Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Roberts, and as always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Roberts, here on a magnificent Monday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. What an unbelievable weekend for Mississippi State. I mean, absolutely 
wonderful weekend for Mississippi State. I actually did uh, did not cover anything Mississippi State related this weekend. My wife and I took a uh, trip over to Decatur, Alabama, so she could run in a race over there. It's always good to kind of get away for a while. We don't get to do that very often uh, as far as uh, in season, especially this time of year. But uh, I am back in the saddle, unbelievably refreshed and ready to go. And uh, had a chance, of course, thanks to the wonderful gift of Al Gore's Internet, being able to keep up with everything on the app, on the television, uh, on the ride home. It's uh, it's so great to be able to uh, to keep up with everything. And listen, I, I'm one of those... I, I'm ashamed to admit it sometimes. Uh, I'm, I'm a person that's very critical at times of the uh, the SEC network for the quality of the um, the announcing that goes on sometimes. But uh, but all that aside, we, we're very fortunate to live in the time that we do that we're able to watch every single game. I mean, with almost without without with rare exception, we're able to watch the Bulldogs play around the country in just about every sport. So anytime there's a big game being played, if you can't make it, you can pull it up. And so unbelievably grateful to be able to witness so many wonderful things this weekend. Uh, we'll have an opportunity to talk about all that today. Uh, again, just you know, a, a banner weekend. Uh, you, it's one of those things that you begin to kind of look at it and begin to count. And there's always like that one fly in the ointment. You know what I'm saying? It's like you have a great weekend, and there's always like, yeah, man, I wish wish uh, wish this team would have won. I sure wish we wouldn't drop that game here, but. Um, your Bulldogs, your, your Bulldogs softball team sweeps the Bulldogs Slamboree. The Mississippi State baseball team sweeps Maine. Mississippi State men's basketball beats Texas A&M on Senior Day. Mississippi State women sweep the SEC tournament. It's just a, a great weekend. Mississippi State men's golf wins the intercollegiate tournament out there in Arizona. I mean, you know, it's like you begin to think, man, it's like uh, I, I can't remember many weekends where we just kind of swept the whole weekend on all fields of play. And so uh, a maroon weekend, it's not Super Bulldog weekend, but still a great weekend for Bulldogs nonetheless. I want to thank our fine sponsors, Campus Bookmark. Man, I tell you what, those folks have been great to us. They've been great to you. Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew there at Campus Bookmark will, will treat you like family because you are family. It's not just a job for them. It's a labor of love. Many of you as students bought your textbooks there from Campus Bookmart. Now it's time to outfit your family and your home in latest in maroon and white fashions and memorabilia items. And you can do that by visiting Campus Bookmart right there off campus. You know where it is. Even got some free parking back there for students. How about that? It's because they care. If you're looking for those SEC tournament championship shirts, you can find them right there at Campus Bookmart. If you can't make it to town, and I know many of you may live in a uh, in a foreign land, and, and by foreign land I mean Mississippi, outside of Mississippi. Uh, if you live across enemy lines, you can order all of the great maroon and white merchandise from campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a promo code, BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and get free shipping on all orders over $50, any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. So let's go ahead and get into it. The, the, the biggest news of the day, and there's and there's a lot to choose from. Honestly, there's a lot we could pick from. We could uh, we could talk about a lot of things. But we're going to open up with the SEC championship tournament winners, Mississippi State women. And it's one of those things too. Let me go ahead and preface this by saying there are a lot of people out there that'll tell you, 
well, it's, well, winning the tournament's what matters most. And that's really not the case. Yes, you do win the out the uh, the automatic bid to the tournament. State was getting it nonetheless. But the, the bigger accomplishment is always in winning the regular season championship. Because that's a team that is great over a season. The tournament sometimes is a team that's great over a weekend. All of that said, if they're going to hand out a trophy, I want to win it. And for a first time in our program's history, we've won them both. Last year, we won our first ever outright SEC championship in women's basketball. We duplicate that feat, that, that feat this year, and then we double down and win the SEC tournament. And listen, I don't care how good you felt about last year. We went undefeated up until the SEC tournament championship game, and that is something that stays with me, the fact that we dropped that game of South Carolina despite the fact that we were the better team. We just had a collective cold shooting night that did not happen this weekend and uh it's so great to win you know it, we, we get so unbelievably emotionally invested in these games and these programs these personalities these coaches because they represent all of us and there is so much pride today to put on that maroon and white shirt i know many of you uh bulldog fans probably repping the brand today at your place of employment it's spring break here in Starkville for the university as well as the, the public school system. And uh, so a lot of people wearing maroon and white today, which is kind of the case most days here. But uh, there are a lot of people wearing it today because of their undeniable pride and the accomplishment of our ladies over the weekend. And uh, so much to talk about in that. And I don't want to belabor the point, but also don't want to gloss over this thing either. Since we have been together... A lot has transpired. You know, we spoke uh, last week and kind of got everybody ready for the tournament, and then then there's the upset. The, when I mean the upset, Arkansas knocked off South Carolina. And, uh, you know, people excuse that and say, well, they ran into a buzzsaw. Well, you know, Mississippi State ran into the same buzzsaw on Sunday and uh, found a way to beat those ladies back. And uh, all due respect to the people at Arkansas, but I never expected Arkansas to give Mississippi State a game yesterday. I figured... What would happen is what happened. I figured we, they would come out full of juice early in the ball game, hit a couple of shots, and begin believing Vic would adjust, Tierra would take over, and uh, they would not be able to uh, to run with State long term. I, I felt like they would get some baskets early, but State would eventually get into their legs a bit because they're playing, uh, I guess, for the fourth consecutive day. But uh, let's back up a little bit before we get into that championship game. Let's talk about the great job that State did against Tennessee. A lot of people still think Tennessee is in the tournament, and uh, they probably need some chalk to hold in other conference tournaments because you don't need any bid stealers out there. I am not a big Tennessee fan, but I will tell you, if you, ju- if you look objectively, Tennessee's probably in a tournament. Tennessee has some talent. It did not appear that Tennessee had... Uh, anywhere close to the talent Mississippi State had. And that was kind of the case in the regular season, too. When, you, when we go back and look at all that, I remember after during that ball game late, I remember tweeting that out, that, uh, you know, Tennessee simply just not as good as Mississippi State. And uh, that appears to be the case. And when, would, when do we ever think we could say that? But that's been the case for a while. State has pretty much run the show here and had the better of that series, you know, for a while. Uh, the last couple of years, you know, that's a game that we expect to win. 
Tennessee has some talent, but I'll tell you, I really thought Vic and them, while we didn't put up the same number of points we did the first time, you know, when they came to Starkville, State beat them 91-63, to and that was a game up until about the last 15 minutes. And then State absolutely blew it open. State wins this one 83-68, and I feel like Vic tried to save our legs a little bit in that ball game, but it just simply felt like Tennessee was, you know, really never in the game after the first quarter. To me, it just seemed like State pretty much did whatever we wanted to do. We had one thing that I, I, I thought was kind of interesting in all three games on the weekend. We missed some bunnies. And what I mean by that is, you know, there were some shots right underneath the basket, some layups, some point-blank shots that we missed that uh, we don't ordinarily miss. Now, Tierra sometimes, with all that she has to deal with down there, uh, having to uh, to make layups with four or five people hanging on her uncalled, I don't really ever begrudge her missing those shots for, you know, very often. There, there, there's, there's very few that I would say, oh, she, she should have made that when she doesn't. But there were some times that, you know, we're right there and we, we blow the shot. So when you look at these scores, you begin to think, you know what, it, we could have played a little bit better. But State knocks off, uh, you know, Tennessee 83-68 and uh, set up that ball game with Missouri. And we knew, really, for all intents and purposes, that, that game on Saturday – whether it be between Missouri and Mississippi State or Kentucky and Mississippi State, I think most of us expected that to be the championship game. Because A&M without Kennedy Carter, just, you know, A&M with Kennedy Carter got absolutely skull drug at their place, 92-64. to 64. Uh, I don't think State would have had any trouble at all with A&M. And so I think we all felt like that Saturday game would ultimately prove to be the the, uh, the winner of that game, be the SEC Tournament champion. Missouri, uh, really tough ball game against Kentucky took a lot out of them and even at their best I just don't think they're as good as Mississippi State and then people say well Steve they beat State in Starville and that's true that is true and uh, you give them credit for that Sophie Cunningham comes out has a big ball game got a lot of support from her supporting cast that did not happen on Saturday did not happen on Saturday uh, Missouri wins that ball game in Starville on Valentine's Day. We'll call it the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, 75-67. And it seemed like State really struggled to score late in that ball game. Not the case this time. 71-56 in this one. And the, kind of the game within the game, this uh, ongoing battle between Sophie Cunningham and Andrew Howard. Andrew gets the better of that deal in more ways than one. Cunningham fouls out. And Rio has an opportunity to uh, to advance and then win the SEC tournament championship. Uh, I know a lot of people are Sophie Cunningham is a uh, people have strong opinions about her. She is an unbelievable player. She is an unbelievable player. She plays very very hard. She's very uh, aggressive, very competitive. She does cross the line at times. And uh, there are a lot of people out there that are that are they're trying to uh, trying very very hard to make her likable. Uh, I you know listen. I think she's a tremendous player. I'd love her to, uh, if, if we're, if we're going to go pick pick teams, I'm, I'm going to pick her. Because uh, I, I know that she's going to go do what it takes to win. But it's okay to be a heel. It's one of those things I don't quite understand. It's like, uh, you know, people look at her and say, well, you know, I don't know that I'd want her to play on my team. You know, sometimes you got to have an enforcer. And, uh, you yeah, know, listen, she's done some silly things. She has. I mean, try, try to trip a player at Ole Miss. And I think she did trip a player at Ole Miss. And, pushes and shoves and lets her emotions get the better of her. And that's, that's, that's part of the package with Sophie Cunningham. But the bottom line is Mississippi State wins the game. So State gets the last laugh. 
Uh, and, and one of the things I'll say too about this, because for the most part, I'm pretty proud of this. Uh, I actually searched Sophie Cunningham's mentions this morning before the show. And I'm very happy to say very few Mississippi State fans in her mentions on Twitter. And that hadn't been the case. If you go back and look at some other games they had, even the game against Kentucky, there were a lot of Kentucky fans kind of in, in her mentions kind of being critical of her. And, let, and let, me, let me say this. It's one thing for all of us to get together and discuss a player. Sophie Cunningham, whoever, you know, Admiral Schofield, whoever you want to talk about. But it, it's another thing to go tag them in the discussion when you're being negative about them. It's just one of those things. I just think it's poor form. It, it's one thing, because I'll sit here and tell you, I think Sophie Cunningham is a tremendous basketball player. I think she's often a distraction to her team as well. But she's going to go down as the leading scorer in the history of Missouri basketball. And while there are some things about her game I don't like, I'm not going to go tag her in a tweet and say, hey, you're, you know, you're a piece of crap or whatever, or enjoy the ride home. It's one thing for us to kind of have those jokes among ourselves. It's not thing to go involve them in that. And then there's this other annoying habit that some people have where they have this need for acceptance, and they've got to go, oh, I think you're a great player. Please like my tweet so I can feel good about my day. I mean, that, that stuff's just silly. So please, please, please leave the student-athletes out of that sort of thing. Uh, I think that's an important part of things. Just stop. But all that said, that's behind us now. Uh, you know, a lot of people, it's one of those things. There's always that villain within the league you kind of you kind of love to hate. I mean, you know, last year it was Asia Wilson. And listen, you know, it's, Asia Wilson got the better Mississippi State all but one time. You know, and so, and that's not to say that she's a, you know, a dirty player by any stretch of the imagination. She's a great player. And, and it's, it's almost a compliment to these people that, that, uh, that they're disliked so much you know, by other fan bases. It's because they win. And listen, Asia Wilson got superstar treatment by the league. There are times Tierra McCowan gets that same treatment by the league. And uh, some people hearing that think, Steve, that's blasphemy. No, it's not. Listen, I don't think Tierra ever gets called. Uh, I don't I don't think she gets the protection she should. I don't think it ever rises to the level of what Asia Wilson got. Cause, uh, and, and I think part of that's because of the fact that uh, Asia Wilson also had an advocate uh, and uh, Don Staley that worked the officials probably as well as anybody. But the bottom line is, is that uh, you know, Tierra sometimes she gets she gets the Cadillac treatment. You know, there there are times that she'll go down there and go over the back and doesn't get called if it's not especially egregious. And so, you know, that's just kind of part of it. And uh, yeah, yeah, there's some things I think Sophie Cunningham probably gets away with, but uh, but that's the, the reality of things. If she wasn't a good player, you wouldn't care. If she wasn't capable of beating you, you wouldn't care. And that's the thing. The joy of winning is only exceeded by the joy of beating those folks that are capable of beating you. You know, it's one thing, like I think about this whole UConn thing, and, and, and they put the stat out, whatever it is, 122-0 and 0 since they joined the American Athletic Conference. Listen, that, that's not a good statistic. That, that's not a good statistic at all. What that really shows is that they're not in a league that challenges them. And people can say, well, you know, that they've been so dominant. And that's true, but they've also gotten fat on playing bad non-conference, and, I mean, excuse me, bad in-conference basketball for years. When I watch UConn play, I think Notre Dame can beat them. I think Louisville can beat them. I think Mississippi State can beat them. I think Baylor can beat them. I don't think anybody right now is scared of UConn. And and listen, I'm not going to sit here and forecast the end of an era for UConn, but the pack has kind of caught the Huskies. And I think a lot, big reason why is because of Morgan William. Morgan William makes that shot, and all of a sudden the impossible dream doesn't seem so impossible anymore. 
people aren't so intimidated by that big number anymore. But that's a big part of things. You know, women's basketball has has changed. But I wouldn't I wouldn't give you Mississippi State. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't pick anybody against Mississippi State right now, anybody. And it's like I see these folks that are, you know, kind of getting a little wrapped up in all this. But uh, but the bottom line is, State went out there and handled business on Sunday, and that was all the talk heading into to Sunday's game, regardless of the opponent. Is that if Mississippi State could pass the looks test on Sunday, win the SEC tournament, and if there was a shakeup somewhere else, State could move up to the one line. Well, Charlie Cream now says. With Oregon's loss yesterday to Stanford, and Louisville got absolutely shelled by Notre Dame. And yes, Louisville was out a couple players. They were. That doesn't change the fact they were absolutely blown out by Notre Dame. And so since there has been a shakeup, State does something they've never done before, win the SEC tournament. They looked very impressive throughout the weekend, score 101 points yesterday, an absolutely wonderful performance. And State looked like an SEC championship caliber and NCAA Final Four team yesterday. Oregon did not. Oregon loses the Pac-12 championship game to Stanford. And if you watched the end of that game, you saw that Oregon looked out of sorts. They looked disjointed. Stanford looked to be the better team. If you watched any of that ball game yesterday between uh, Louisville and Notre Dame, Notre Dame looked to be far and away the better team. And so if we're just basing it off looks test, State is playing their best basketball at the right time of year. State ended the deal yesterday with SEC play. Finished it up on a very, very powerful. Not like State needed a buzzer beater. State was in control of that ball game from about, oh, I guess first quarter on. Yeah, you go out there and you jab a little bit that first quarter, but then you kind of get it going. And State won going away. State pulled the starters of, what, four minutes to go? Somewhere around that. But that ball game was over long before then. Mississippi State was simply the better team. A lot of people now saying, okay, well, we'll State will get a one. Let's go ahead and be prepared now. State is going to host the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament right here in Starkville, just like we have the last couple of years. It's become an annual rite of passage. So we're going to be here for the first two rounds. Now, where we go next, based on what we're hearing and what it looks like today, based on projections, State would probably be the one seed in Portland, Oregon. Now, some would say, well, Steve, what does that mean, you know, for Oregon? You know, let me let me share with you this, and, and I don't know if, if people realize this. Mississippi State has the second fewest losses in the country in women's basketball. Let that sink in for a second. The only team that has lost less games than Mississippi State is number one, Baylor. They've lost one game. State and UConn both have only lost two. Two. And both of State's losses are 10 NCAA tournament teams. And so when you begin to kind of factor that in, it's what, well, should, should, should Oregon be rewarded with a home, you know, regional of sorts? for being the two seed. So State would basically get a road game as a one seed going to Portland. But State right now is the, and I hate to use the term, the weakest of the ones. You were the strongest of the twos, so now you go to be the weakest of the ones. So what that would mean is once they finalize the bracket, if that's true, then State will be paired up with Baylor, the Baylor-Greensboro 
regional. And there are some Bulldog fans who say, well, why aren't we going to Greensboro? It's well, what's because the top seed is going to get the most advantageous pod. And that's the way it should be. So Mississippi State likely, as a one, headed to Portland. It's been forecast the state would be a two heading to Albany, New York in the UConn bracket. And I'm okay with that because I think UConn can be had. But uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think going to Portland, Oregon, the crowds withstanding, if it boils down to state and Oregon, I'm going to take state every time. Because I think after what Oregon did, and people forget, Tierra barely played in that ball game. The team suffered some with jet lag, and Vic said afterwards, if he'd had to do that whole thing over, we'd have played Washington first and then Oregon. We'd have reversed the order. And had we had had we reversed the order, I don't think Mississippi State's even – I think State's probably – uh, just has the one loss right now. I don't think Oregon beats Mississippi State a second time. And I think actually having to go to Oregon, while that would be away from most of the fans, I think that might be just the motivational piece that Vic Schaefer needs to get this team back to the Final Four. A chance at redemption. Because we saw what they did against Missouri on Saturday. Missouri ran a lot of the same sets, a lot of the same you know, race down the floor and kind of beat Tierra McCowan in the paint. And try to score, and then they also hit some big shots from outside. I, I'm just going to tell you right now. I, I'll, I'll give you guys, I'll give you guys Oregon and ten points on a neutral floor right now. You can have that because I think the way this Mississippi State team is playing, compared to the way Oregon is playing, I don't think anybody can argue that Mississippi State simply playing better, better basketball right now. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. To be quite honest with you, and I think, I think Oregon looks vulnerable. I think Oregon looks tired. I think Oregon is also a team, too, that uh, kind of benefited from the fact that Mississippi State had to go all the way across the country to play them in their home arena. And now you'll have plenty of time to prepare. And I think deep down Vic Schaefer probably wants another shot at Oregon. I think your ladies want another shot at Oregon. And we mentioned playing your best basketball at the end of the year. That hadn't been the case for Oregon. Uh, yeah, they've won some ball games, but you people forget here just you know a couple weeks ago, they lose back-to-back games. They lose at Oregon State. They turn around and lose to UCLA the next game. Then they go on a run, win a couple of ball games, you know, against teams that are, you know, just kind of also runs in the Pac-12. They get into the uh, NC the, the Pac-12 tournament. They barely escape with a win over UCLA on Saturday, and then they lose to Stanford on Sunday. And so when you begin to look back at this thing here, and uh, let's go ahead and do the math just so we can all be correct here. Mississippi State's won eight games in a row. During that stretch, Oregon's lost three of their last eight. So if they want to line up and go, I'm absolutely okay with that. So go ahead and be prepared. Mississippi State's going to play the first two rounds at home. Should we win those, and we certainly should, we're going to travel for the next two ball games. And I mean travel extensively. We're not going to be in Birmingham. We're not going to be in New Orleans. We're not going to be in Memphis. Chances are well, we're either going to be in Auburn, New York, or Portland, Oregon. So go ahead and make plans to attend or make plans not to. But I'm going to go ahead and explain that, that that's not going to be a case where it's going to be an easy trip. So go ahead and get over it and go ahead and prepare. Should we survive those two games, then we go to Tampa, Florida for the Final Four. And as of right now, I expect that to happen. I expect Mississippi State, if, if we get paired up with Oregon as a two, we're going to go win that thing. I think that's the best thing that could happen. I think that is absolutely the best thing that could happen. Other than the fact that many of our fans won't be able to make the trip, 
I've already I've already looked at it. It's like a 35-hour drive from Starkville. I don't think many people are going to take that on. But there will be some. But the bottom line is your women, Mississippi State, SEC regular season champions, SEC tournament champions. I want to remind you guys, too, if you're in town, and let's say maybe maybe you can't make it to one of these ball games, that one of the best places to go watch a game and enjoy your meal in town is Bulldog Burger Company. There are a lot of people that go and they enjoy an adult beverage. They watch the ball game. There, there's TVs everywhere in Bulldog Burger Company. You can go sit down, enjoy the game with friends. You know what? And it's getting to be that nice weather where if you want to, you can sit outside. They've got the chimney out there. If it's a little bit cool one night, you can sit out there and just kind of enjoy the open-air dining experience at Bulldog Burger Company. Uh, always daily specials, a lot of great options to choose from. Great service, great food, great people, and a great Starkville place. Owned by Starkville people that are invested in your community. Bulldogs through and through. Bulldog Burger Company, absolutely your best option when it's time to go break bread with friends and family. We encourage you to go be a part of that as often as you can. I'm one of those kind of people. I, I'm a creature of habit. I like that pimentology with bacon, but I'll tell you, it's nice to be able to change it up. Take the, the Bulldog Boneyard Burger Challenge. And eat them all and find your favorites. Send us your pictures. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Stark where people come to meet. M-E-A-T. So Mississippi State men's basketball uh, wins the ball game on Saturday. You know, as expected, uh, but happy to see some big things happen in that ball game. You get the big win, and it really never felt like it was much of a game. A&M made a run every now and again. State would adjust. Uh, Q with a good ball game. But I'll tell you, Lamar Peters and Eric Coleman – they have the opportunity to pass the 1,000-point threshold right there in front of the home arena and right in front of the home fans. And it wasn't a huge crowd, unfortunately. You know, a lot of people were baseball. A lot of people were at the uh, women's tournament. There was a lot going on this weekend. Th- there was. And uh, we had a lot of fans travel to Greenville, South Carolina. And there are a lot of people that wanted to sit home and watch the tournament on TV. So I, I, I get it. I understand. But the bottom line is those guys finish on a winning note, finished 10 and 8 in the league uh, and, and listen I'll be honest with you I did not expect this after we dropped those first two games and began 0-2 in the league I, I really felt like we would have a difficult time getting over 500 quite to be honest with you I projected us to go 8-10 and 10 because I had those first couple of games as wins I thought we would win at South Carolina and then win at home against Ole Miss and then have an opportunity to, uh, to probably finish 500 or better within the league but then when we drop those two games, I'm going to think we're going to be chasing these two games the entire season. But we make it up, end up as the number six seed. So Mississippi State uh, will get an opportunity to play, uh, you know, an important ball game here. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 SEC tournament time. I think State is pretty pretty much locked in as a six. I think if we make it to uh, to championship Sunday, you know, maybe just maybe we could move up a line and go to a five and. Um, that's one of those things, too. You begin to kind of look at that and, and look at the games in front of us. Uh, if we beat Tennessee, goodness, we could probably win the whole shooting match because most people are expecting them to uh, to win the SEC tournament. I never count out Kentucky in this thing. For some reason, and you know, people always used to call it the Kentucky Invitational, uh, you know, Kentucky has a, a, a very good team that has played well at times. They've also uh, struggled at times. Uh, you know, So we'll, we'll kind of see what happens uh, with every bit of that. But uh, the bottom line is the Bulldogs uh, advance and uh, finish in the top half of the league. Uh, now we're getting ready to go do some cool things. So your Bulldogs end the regular season 22-9, and 10-8 and eight in the league, and uh, they await a, uh, a Wednesday winner 
for the Thursday game, State finishes as a number six seed in the Southeastern Conference tournament bracket. We were projected by many to be the four. Uh, that didn't quite work out, which means we'll have an extra game to play. But uh, State will play the winner of Texas A&M Vanderbilt. That'll take place Wednesday night at 8. I know many of you are making plans to attend uh, in Nashville at the Bridgestone Arena. It should be a great event. It all gets started Wednesday night with Missouri and Georgia playing. The winner of that game uh, will advance to play Auburn on a Thursday afternoon game. And so uh, the way it all breaks down, your top seed in the tournament is LSU. A lot of things going on around the uh, around the bayou uh, with LSU and Will Wade and all that stuff down there. Uh, it's not a good look, certainly. It's not a good look for the league either, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but all that being said, LSU is your top seed. Kentucky, the two. Tennessee, the three. South Carolina gets in as the four. Mississippi State had an opportunity to get there. Just couldn't. It's probably, you know, one win away there and from being being the four seed. That's how close this thing uh, boiled down. South Carolina 11-7 and seven in the league. Bulldogs 10-8. and eight. Why Mississippi State got picked over Ole Miss as the six rather than the seven is the fact that State's record against South Carolina was better. And so as a result... That's why State's the six, Ole Miss is the seven. Uh, but good years for both teams. Ole Miss got a much-needed win this weekend over Missouri uh, to kind of help their case. Probably need a game to feel safe uh, this week. So with that said, we'll be pulling hard for Alabama Thursday when they play uh, Ole Miss at 6 p.m. Central Time. Alabama uh, bubble team desperately needs a win. That'll be a, that may be the best ball game of the day, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I think Mississippi State uh, is – in a very good position to win their first game of the tournament and then advance and to play Tennessee on Friday, the nightcap on Friday. And uh, we'll see what happens there. I just continue to say Tennessee is just such a bad matchup for Mississippi State due to their size and length inside. They're just so physical inside, and State can't really get in there and bang back competitively. But uh, State wins that first game. I think you pretty much have uh, have solidified yourself as a six. If you beat Tennessee and advance to uh, Saturday, I mean, you've got a chance to, uh, to do some big things. But in order for State to win this thing, State certainly has, uh, has the more difficult road. Uh, State will have, have to play Tennessee and then likely Kentucky on Saturday to advance to the championship game on Sunday. And, and you've got to feel like, goodness, if, if State could get there after knocking off Tennessee and Kentucky, they could win the whole shooting match. But uh, not expecting that, but we'll take it a day at a time. By the time we get back together on Wednesday, we'll have a lot more to say about Mississippi State's uh, matchup and we get ready to play uh, on Thursday. So we'll, we'll kind of forecast more about the SEC tournament on the Wednesday show. Mississippi State baseball in action over the weekend. Uh, big series for State, not for not because of the opponent, but one of those deals where State needs to kind of fine-tune some things. For the most part, they did save one inning yesterday. Uh, and we'll kind of get into some of that. You know, State obviously uh, – you know, wins over the weekend and, and sweeps uh, the main Black Bears. And uh, I mean, does the term Black Bears, I mean, it's one of those things you, you hear that, it's almost like it, when I hear people say that, when I heard Bart Gregory say it on the app, it's almost like I, I think somebody's telling a joke or something, you know, because we've that's been the punchline in this state for so long, uh, kind of you teasing Ole Miss, calling them the Black Bears. Uh, but it was kind of the revenge of the Sylvester Croom game in some people's mind. But the bottom line is... Um, State needed to take care of business. They did, all jokes aside. State now 15-1 and one on the season with a Wednesday game 
midweek game against Grambling before we uh, make the trip to Gainesville, Florida. Current plan is for me, I'm going to plan to be down there in Gainesville. A lot of other people will be covering NCAA tournament. I will be in Gainesville uh, preparing to uh, to cover Mississippi State Series against Florida. And so it's a big matchup for a lot of re- reasons, but it's the first SEC Series, and uh, Florida will figure this thing out. They currently have five losses on the year, and they're currently ranked one spot ahead of Mississippi State. And I know that's a bone of contention with a lot of people. They see that and say, well, how can State State be number six at 15-1 and one, and Florida be ranked ahead of them with five losses? Here's the deal. Um... Those things are just matters of opinion, and in the end of the day, they don't mean a whole lot. But we can fix that inequity in the rankings this weekend. We just go down there and beat Florida at their place, and then there there will be no choice. Mississippi State will be a consensus top five team. And more importantly, more importantly, is the fact that State would have a huge road series win underneath their belts the very first weekend of the year, not to mention you'd get that RPI bump throughout the year because Florida's going to figure it out. They're going to pitch it well. We're going to pitch it well. We need to go down there and find a way to win a couple ball games. And so uh, looking back over the weekend, though, some big things, some bad things. And the, the good thing is you didn't have to lose a ball game to kind of get some things addressed. And uh, and what I mean by that is is uh, we had a bit of a bullpen meltdown on Sunday, and we still managed to win the game. So you have that teachable moment. Uh, without the uh, the situation where you you know you have to go lose a ball game, you have, don't have to have that embarrassing loss that rides the schedule all week. All, and if we had lost any game to Maine, my goodness, I mean I don't think our fans would ever ever get over that. But all that said, State wins uh, doubleheader on Friday, nine two five one, and then yesterday nine eight. The eight runs yesterday, that's the first time all year that Mississippi State has allowed more than four runs, and State has only allowed four runs twice this year. One of those being a 17-4 win against Jackson State and then a 5-4 win against Sam Houston State. And so State has pitched it really well, did not pitch it well yesterday. And here's the thing that I'll say about all that. Uh, you're going to have a rotten day at the ball yard every once in a while. And that sixth inning just seemed to be just a comedy of errors. And it wasn't just about one guy. It seemed like everybody struggled to throw strikes. Keegan James gives us five good innings on Sunday, pitched well enough to win the ball ballgame, uh, left with a pretty comfortable lead, or so it seemed, and then the next thing you know, uh, things kind of get away from us. Peyton Plumley, who has been great for us this year, did not have his best outing. I think that's pretty that's safe to say. It. I'm not being critical of Peyton. That's part of baseball. Some days you feel your best, some days you don't. He comes out, hits the first hitter he sees, allows a single. Uh, next thing you know, we're in trouble. We walk a hitter, and then the bases are loaded. Without, a, without an out being recorded. You bring in Jack Egan, who has been great for Mississippi State this year. He comes in the pitch, gets a strikeout, walks in a run, right? And then they, walks in a run, then we're in trouble. Then we bring in Brandon Smith, who has been great for Mississippi State. Walked in a run. <laughs> Have a fielder's choice. Give up a run. Then we bring in Tristan Barlow. Right? Wild pitch. Finally get out of it with a strikeout. But it was like it was just it was one of those collective breakdowns in that inning where things just didn't go right. And so you could say, Well, well Peyton didn't pitch well, and that's true. You could say Egan didn't pitch well, and that's true. And you could say Brandon Smith didn't pitch well, and that's true. But then Barlow comes in there 
and despite the wild pitch, kind of finds a way to, to settle things down. But you give up five runs. Think about that for a second. State had not allowed more than four runs in a game all year, and you give up five runs in the inning on just two hits. And all of that was, for the most part, self-inflicted. It's not like Maine came out there and they were barreling up our pitchers. We just simply didn't throw strikes. That can be corrected. That's a correctable error, and that is kind of atypical for the Mississippi State bullpen. The bullpen for Mississippi State has been lights out all year long. And then we had a meltdown in the sixth inning. We're able to overcome that. And then, uh, you know, Brandon White comes in. I'll tell you what, he has been uh, – the, the, the big joke is, you know, when he does – when he comes in with the inner Sandman, uh, he's pretty much put people to sleep, baby. I, I tell you, another gets – gets the win yesterday, uh, comes in an outstanding effort, pitches the eighth inning, gets a fly out, a pop-up, and a, and a strikeout swinging. No runs, no hits, no errors. Gets his first – win in a Bulldog uniform because Cole Gordon comes out, gets the save, and listen, there was some trepidation uh, in the ninth, and uh, Cole Gordon had, had had not allowed a run all year, gives up an infield hit, and uh, an unbelievable effort by Landon Jordan, nearly makes the play there, and, I, and I'm sure Landon probably felt later that he should have made it. I, I'll be honest with you, when that ball left the bat, I thought that thing was destined for right center. Landon makes a diving attempt at it, actually has it in the glove, couldn't complete the catch as he hits the ground, keeps the ball there, probably might even have been a double uh, as hard as that ball was hit. But uh, great effort there. Then the next thing you know, there's another hit, and so you've got two runners on, and then things kind of get out of whack. Next thing you know, Cole's in 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 some hot water, but founds a way to get out of it, allows one run on just the two hits, uh, but the bottom line is State wins the ball game 9-8 to and advances a record of 15-1. So let's kind of take a look at who was hot over the weekend. The week, we spent so much time kind of focusing on who's not hot. Uh, if you don't believe me, just go look on social media. But uh, but looking currently, Mississippi State's leading hitter is Justin Foscu at 359. Also lead the team with five home runs. Dustin Skelton now has four home runs, and he has hit some absolute Babe Ruthian-type shots Every home run he has hit has been a no-doubter right out of the gate. No doubt about it. Off the bat, you see that ball is out of there. Jordan Westberg actually hitting 357, didn't play uh, on Sunday, pulled from the game, second game on Friday, bruised hip, laying out for a ball. He's fine. He could have played yesterday, just kind of held him out as a precaution. We expect him to be back Wednesday and certainly full go for Florida. So no, no, no issues there. Also gave an opportunity for Gunnar Halter to get in there and play some at short. And I'll tell you this, uh, he made a couple of throws, one from the outfield grass, and I, I have retweeted that. Uh, thankfully, uh, Jared Liebelt's dad tweeted that to me, thankfully. Thank you, sir. Because uh, I wanted to see it. I was on the road and uh, hearing it on the app. Couldn't couldn't see it. You're not going to drive and watch the app. But uh, my point being is that State actually has some depth there at shortstop. And he made some plays. Very, very naturally uh, shows a huge arm, and uh, he looks very fluid. And that was one of the things I'd heard in the fall. It's, well, you know, defensively, Westberg's a little bit ahead. But I, looking at it, Gunner uh, in, in the ball game on Sunday, the ones that I could see, I'll tell you, I'm very impressed with what I saw from him. I think Mississippi State fans can, can feel like, you know what, he's beginning to kind of round in the form uh, to kind of make matters uh, a little better. Gunnar Halter, one of your hottest hitters over the weekend. Five for ten on the weekend. The uh, the only Bulldog to hit more than Gunnar Halter 
was Elijah McNamee, who was uh, 6 of 10 on the weekend. And so McNamee and uh, Jake Mangum now hitting a cool 333 apiece. So you've got uh, four hitters of the regulars that are hitting 333 or above. Tanner Allen still leads the team with 22 RBIs. Had a tough weekend at the plate, one for 12. And some of that is to be expected because people have the book on him now, not to mention he's a left-handed hitter. Uh, he's not going to get a lot of balls to hit on the inner half. And so all that being said, uh, Tanner's gonna, Tanner will be fine. Tanner will be fine. We know what to expect out of him. Uh, he'll, he'll get it going. And he's one of these kind of guys, too, that will go on a tear like he did early in the year. Uh, I mean, we got 13 RBI that weekend. Got 22 now on the season. Uh, cooled off just a little bit, but uh, but he'll he'll be fine. Uh, Foscue three of 11 on the weekend. Uh, Dustin Skelton three of 10, and I mentioned Gunner and then uh, five. Landon Jordan uh, comes in in relief there, plays a little bit in game two, and then gets a start on Sunday three of five on the weekend. And so you're beginning to see offensively to kind of figure some things out. That was one of the things that we felt we felt good about the top half of the order. Now we're starting to see Dustin Skelton kind of get it going a little bit. You're starting to see Gunnar Halter get it going a little bit. And so one of the things, even in the 2016 year, and certainly in 17, and uh, even at times last year, once you got through, you know, six, you know, five or six in the order, you know, it was a bit of an adventure. It was almost, at times it was almost an inning off uh, for the opposition. And with Gunnar Halter hitting nine, Landon Jordan sometimes hitting nine, you've, you've kind of got a snake in the reeds there. Because of the fact that nine-hole hitter more times than not is going to get pitches to hit, and then that puts a situation where you've got Jake Mangum oftentimes coming up with a man aboard and him allowing to face a pitcher in the stretch. And I like those odds uh, just about every time. And so Mississippi State playing good baseball outside of uh, that one-inning meltdown thought we, we, we pitched it pretty well. Pitched it really well on Friday. And it's going to be like that some days. Every day is not going to be a dominant performance. That's one of the things that I think sometimes as fans, uh, we get a little bit out over our skis a little bit and a little unrealistic and forget the fact that, you know what, we're going to have some bad days. Not every day is going to be a banner day, especially on the baseball field. There are some days you just have a pitcher that comes out and he's feeling it and he'll shut you down. And you've got to find a way to overcome that and win the baseball game. You've got to find a way to match him on your mound and then find a way to get in the bullpen and scratch your run across and win a ball game when you're not at your best. And so that was kind of a test yesterday. And I think sometimes, too, that the, the disruption of the schedule over the weekend, sometimes you kind of get out of your habits. I think that changes a little bit thing, things a little bit, too. Uh, but the bottom line is State wins the game. And uh, you like having a little bit of anxiety and being able to have to kind of rally late in ball games. Uh, to win a game, and that's the thing that I thought as soon as Maine took a lead there, State answered right back, and that's what championship caliber teams do, is they answer. State pulls even, and next thing you know, Mangan comes up, gets a clutch hit, drives in the run, we're good to go. Uh, excited about this baseball team at State least Big week, big week for Mississippi State. It, it, gets, it gets real. I don't know that Florida is what many people think they are, uh, but I do think Mississippi State is for real, and I think we're going to get a real test this weekend for both teams, and uh, we'll provide you full coverage down there. We'll do my best to have uh, Friday show recorded on Thursday evening before I leave, and uh, that'll be available for your your Friday enjoyment. I want to take some time too to uh, to share a couple things, uh, you know, with you guys before we get out of here. I don't know that uh, if you have heard, but if you have not, we as the Mississippi State family have suffered a loss. 
uh, in the last few days. Uh, reports now making around that Gary Henderson, uh, youngest son, has passed away. And um, very, 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 very sad situation. Uh, Gary Henderson is a man that uh, Mississippi State fans owe a debt of gratitude to. And, uh, and, I, and I say this because I know that, that you all would want to know. Gary is a person that uh, gave of himself at Mississippi State. Gary and his wife still here in Starkville. And so please remember them in your thoughts and prayers as they deal with this unspeakable tragedy and the, the loss of their son. And uh, it's one of those things, and, you, and it almost come, become cliche, but you know, parents should never outlive their child. Uh, but this is a situation where uh, we don't know a lot of the details, but all we do know is that some people that we care about are hurting. And, uh, and I share that to share this. There are a lot of people that are battling with something that we have absolutely no deal, no idea about. And uh, one of the things that has made a profound impact on me is that uh, I heard a lady speak one time, and she made mention of that, of all the things that were going wrong in her life, but outwardly she had this smile on her face and was just kind of gritting her teeth and kind of smiling through the pain, but deep down she was dealing with some unspeakable things in her life. And uh, it is a constant reminder to me that there are people out there that we interact with on a daily basis that we believe that everybody's kind of got it all figured out. We believe that maybe they're immune from life's problems and that uh, the, the fact of the matter is is that they're dealing with a battle we're not aware of. And so when you think of those things, and when I think of those things, what it reminds me of is to show a little kindness because I just simply do not know what you guys are dealing with. When that cashier is maybe a little bit short and curt with me uh, in the checkout line at a retail store, you know, I don't know what's going on in her life. And so I think if we kind of give each other a bit of a break at times and take a deep breath and say, you know what, okay, you know, I have been in a situation myself and I just wish somebody wouldn't, wouldn't give me any grief. Uh, and so this is a good reminder of that, is that uh, there are things going on in other people's lives that we simply don't know about and shouldn't know about. There are things that are not our business. But this is a situation now where someone that has been a part of our family and that has contributed to our enjoyment as Mississippi State fans is dealing with something of a tragic nature. And so my hope is is that um, your thoughts and prayers will go out to Coach Henderson and his family and that uh, you know maybe we, we hug our kids a little tighter tonight and, and remind them that we love them uh, because we're not promised tomorrow. And uh, we hear that all the time, but it's one of those situations that uh, we don't think it'll ever happen to us until it does. And I, and I can assure you, I'm sure the Hendersons probably felt that way as well. They probably thought they had plenty of time. But all that being said, please, please, please remember them in your thoughts and prayers. So as we get ready to get out of here today, we'll be back on Wednesday. There will be uh, a lot to talk about on Wednesday as we kind of prepare you for Mississippi State's men's basketball tournament. Uh, the women are off this week. They'll find out their uh, postseason destination or their bracket. We know where they're going to be the first two rounds. So we'll, we'll find that out a week from today. So the, the women's bracket will be announced a week from today. There are still some women's conference tournament championships being played this week. So selection Sunday for the men on Sunday, and then the women will find their bracket on Monday. So go ahead and be prepared. There will be some polls out today. won't mean a whole lot, but it's pretty sure, pretty clear that Mississippi State women will, will move back into the, uh, the top four. Should pass Louisville uh, and Oregon. So State should be right there, probably ranked number four. So 
at the end of the day, the only poll that really matters is the last one, no matter the sport. Uh, they're not the riders aren't making any determinations about national champions anymore. That'll all be determined on the field and on the courts. But uh, the bottom line is, the women are playing their best basketball of the year right now, and uh, trending in the right direction. And uh, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but uh, I don't know how I could get out of the, the, the door without speaking about it. But uh, Andre Espinosa Hunter set an SEC tournament record with eight made three-pointers. And uh, obviously that changes the dynamic of things. When State can hit from outside with Andy and uh, Briamber Scott, it's a different game because when you have to get out there and you can't pack it in and uh, kind of mug Tierra McCowan down there, when you have to spread the floor and play defense, it's a different day and age for Mississippi State. So when State's hitting from outside, they're almost impossible to beat. It's as simple as that. And uh, the state defensive pressure, unbelievable, but uh, big moment for sure. And also, great to see Jasmine Holmes get a little recognition yesterday. They announced the SEC All-Tournament team. Tier McCowan, the uh, most outstanding player, obviously was a easy selection. Uh, but it's T, Andrea Howard, and then Jasmine Holmes all made the All-Tournament team, the other two players to make it, Sophie Cunningham from Mizzou, uh, and then um, Chelsea Dungy from Arkansas. And uh, it's incredible that State played both of those players in their, uh, in their run to the title. So big news for Mississippi State fans. We're the Maroon and White proud, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys out there at the ballpark on, uh, on Wednesday. We are done playing men's basketball in Starkville this year uh, at Humphrey Coliseum. And uh, we'll have a couple more games here in a couple weeks for you guys to come enjoy the ladies. So go ahead and begin to make your plans now because Mississippi State will be at home the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament uh, right here at Humphrey Coliseum. It's amazing. It's, we look forward to this all year long, and now it's finally here. March Madness is upon us, and uh, both of our teams uh, have an opportunity to go do some big things. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.